I'm Laura Ortiz, and I've decided that I'm one of the new hosts of Sci-Fi Saturday Night. I'm also known as Benedict Cumberpatch. We will begin a mass invasion. We'll tell your people to surrender now and avoid war. It is now time for us to put Earth under our roof. It will make a duty to tell us the truth. Confess, confess that you will give you witchcraft. You expect me to believe that you can overrun the entire world? We cannot be defeated. We have never been defeated. That is the message to bring your people. Yeah, they're dead. They're all messed up. Bye bye Saturday night. Okay, that was the weirdest opening ever. I'm not sure what that other noise was in there, but... All right, I'm not the only one who heard that. What? Oh, you're not. Okay. Wow, I thought that was just me. (laughs) strange. Anyhow, good evening, everybody. It's TalkCast 188, and it's... uh, If Ink could talk, it it would talk and wouldn't be on the page night here. Keep it there, if you want on the... Inkity, ink, ink. Just below the simply redheaded wonderworks directly adjacent to the ebook burning virtual fire pit and next to the James Galdolfini who's being buried this week memorial pasta emporium oh, i am God. Don't... that's just tacky at this point thank you thank you so much joining the talk cast tonight are some of the usual suspects and we're missing a few of them in the revered time vortex violent soundboard vixen chief architect of all that is technical queen of petroleum byproducts it's kriana Hi, Ink. Ink. I'm excited about the theme this week. Ink. I know you are. And another person who's excited about the theme this week from the Four Color Vault of Comics in Manchester, New Hampshire, our lovely Ingenue, the woman both red hot, icy cold, and blisteringly quick with the quip, the lady who knows the meaning of the word undead and the word recidivism, it is the dead redhead. I only like ink if it comes out of a squid. You no. made me eat. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, hi to Miss July if she's listening to us. <laughs> we'll explain that possibly at some point. Maybe. <laughs> Our guest tonight, the assistant director of the Inkwell Awards, eBay auction guy, small press indie liaison, the Inkinator himself. Michael Keller. Michael, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. I'm I'm honored to be here. You, no, no, you're not, but it's okay. <laughs> I feel like I just need to make up new titles for you throughout the entire show. So I started with Inkinator. You did. Now, why do you do that, Kriana? Because MC have... inks a lot. That one's pretty good. <laughs> That's a pretty good one, not going to lie. Not bad at this all. This is gold here. So, Kriana. Yes. Why do you like inking? Because now, it's only the coolest job in the whole world. It's it's what basically makes comic books comic books. Because if all you got was the sketches, you'd be like, "What is this crappy art? It's just a sketch." Oh. Oh yeah, I just said oh, that. Oh yeah, oh yeah. So the the inkers come back and they're like, "Well, this this is a rough sketch. Let me add all the cool detail that makes the artwork <laughs> really pop." 
<laughs> and oh look, they messed up the proportion here. Let me just fix that. Is this from Lifefield Night? I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. Yes, Am I Rob wrong? Le Am I wrong? I'm totally no, right. No, you're no, you're not wrong. And yes, Rob Lifefield <laughs> does need some help with his proportions. <laughs> Uh, just take a look at his Captain America, but we won't go there. Um, I wasn't he has sure a big shield, a... if you know what I mean, wink, wink. <laughs> right, right, right. Or the way the women tend to bend in unnatural ways. I'm just saying. Yes. She doesn't need a spine. I've never seen a woman's waist be as thin as a wooden dowel. Exactly. That has all these muscles. Yeah. In any way. I could I could tell you a story about Rob Liefeld from 2010, but maybe I'll do that off the air. <laughs> oh, dirt! And maybe you won't. But what the heck? We'll see what happens. You'll never know. Second half of the show. Well, I'll just say this. I'll just say this. It wasn't anything that happened to me personally. It was something that I saw him do to a fan of his work, and I was very turned off by what he did to this fan. Because I know personally, whenever I set up at conventions, if somebody's talking to me about my work or interested in my work, I make sure, I make 100% sure that I pay full attention to what they have to say and what they're doing, you know, because they're interested in what I'm doing. And I will well, just yeah. say this, what he did to this fan was not appropriate. Oh, that's a shame. Well, I'm just going to tell you the story anyway. So All right, here that. we go. Okay, kids, time for a story. Here we go. Grab the popcorn. <laughs> the story is, in October of 2010, my lovely fiance decided that she was going to take me up to New York for a Big Apple Con. The reason being is because I'm a huge Batman fan, love the 1966 TV show, Adam <laughs> West. Bart Ward were going to be there together. Oh, no. Very rarely make an appearance together. So she flew me up there for the weekend, and I went around. Uh-oh. What happened? I don't know. Did, did the FCC cut out our guest? They... they... <laughs> Oh no, we've lost Mike in the middle of the No. Uh, we've lost him in the middle of an absolutely riveting story. I I want to know what happened. It's Rob Liefeld. He heard. <laughs> Rob, Rob has, has somehow hijacked Skype on us tonight. Yeah, maybe he he hacked into the network through oh, the NSA. God. He probably works for the yeah. NSA. Yeah. Damn NSA. Prism, Prism was wiretapping us, you and they were like, you're here. insulting that guy. We're not, yeah, we don't state, that's un-American. Un-American. Oh, sorry. Also nuclear. <laughs> <laughs> nuclear and un-American. <laughs> In any case. <laughs> yeah, I can't get him back. I don't know what's going on. <laughs> but uh, we'll, we'll get him back in a minute to finish that amazing story. It's a weird show night. Oh, it's, it's Ghost in the Machine. Michael, are you back? Okay. Mike? Don't, shall we? While Kriana is working yeah. on that. Oh, oh, I, I hear him. Oh, we got him? 
Mike? Yes, I'm back. I'm back. I'm back. All I'm back. right, cool. Oh, good, 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 Let's good, finish good. that story. Awesome. So you're you're, you're at okay, Big okay. Apple Con, Batman fan, Burt Ward, and Adam West. Buster there, and that's where we lost you. Go on. Okay. Um, so yes, Adam West and Burt Ward, they rarely make an appearance together. They were going to be there. She was you know, kind enough to fly me up there for the weekend. So uh, I could get their autograph, and I did get their autograph, you know, have it hanging in my studio. Um, probably the best piece I have in my entire studio. So anyways, um, the first night I saw Rob Liefeld checking into the hotel. And then the next day I went by his table, and I really liked Deadpool. You know, Deadpool's just a really cool, you know, character. So I was looking at some of his work and was thinking about buying something with Deadpool on it. A fan walks up with his, you know, comic book that was bagged and boarded, and he asked Rob Liefeld to sign it. Rob Liefeld was talking to somebody else that was behind the table with him, took the fan's comic book, kept on talking to the person behind the table, signed the book on top of the plastic, and gave it back to him. <gasps> Didn't even say thank you. You know, I appreciate it. You know, I'm glad you like my work. Nothing. He signed I saw the that. plastic. He signed the plastic. I saw that, and I was like, you know what? I'm no longer a Rob Liefeld fan. Wow. But I still like, but I still like Deadpool. Well, that, that I don't feel bad for making fun of his proportions, even though I didn't make fun of his proportions, but now I am. Oh, I did. And, and... He's going to be schooled by, ready for your new title, Professor Inc. <laughs> <laughs> so again, this is gold. This is gold. No, this is ink, my dear. It's it's better than gold. Black gold. Exactly. <laughs> That's right. You know where it's at, dead redhead. So in the in the second half of the show, Michael is going to be talking about this year's Inkwell Awards, and uh, why they're important because they are important because the whole art of inking is is an important thing, and inkers are are vastly underrated, and there's some incredible stuff going on with that. And in the meantime, we're going to talk about what's been going on this week in the world of science fiction, uh, television, movies, books, comics, the rest of that. Well, uh, well Dom, I notice, I notice here that you have an article titled, Why Does Marvel Want to Talk to Vin Diesel? And I would like to answer that question with another question. Why wouldn't anyone want to talk to Vin Diesel? <laughs> well, we're not going there. <laughs> See, we were going to go there first, but we're not. Because we have to talk about the passing of one of the great writers of movies oh, see, and now, short stories. If you put it at the top of the page, then I would remember that. Well, I didn't put anything at the top of the page because we never got that far because somebody was busy talking to an inker. Well, I can't help it if I'm kind of starstruck. <laughs> you know. I know. So, the gentleman who wrote the movie, I Am Legend. Well, he, he wrote who, the book, I Am Legend, wrote the right? book. Which, right. which we assume is better end, than the movie, even though we haven't read it. And the second screenplay. Right. Is that the Will Smith one? No, 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 no. no. That's what I thought. It's just no. Omega Man. One Charlton Heston was it. Omega uh -huh. See, because I, I knew that couldn't be the Will Smith one. He also... And a whole crap load of some of the best Twilight Zones ever. Okay. And he actually wrote the book uh, for the movie of Real Steel, which which was actually a really, really decent movie. 
Can can yeah. I not to hijack this for a minute? But you know when I say that I'm totally gonna hijack this for a minute. Yeah, no shit. <laughs> Speaking of Will Smith, if you um go on the Screen Junkies YouTube no. channel, there is a whole supercut of Will Smith making weird noises, and everyone should watch this. Everyone oh, should you, see that. I'm, I'm gonna ta take that. us back. To All right, it. I'm gonna find it anyway. anyway. Matheson. Back to back to Richard Matheson. I'm sorry. He he deserves a really good send off. He he does, but like I just can't resist the allure of Will Smith making oh, weird okay. noises. No, I get so, that. This is a man who's he's written for Star Trek. He's written for The Girl from Uncle. He's written he wrote the TV movie for It's Alive. <laughs> he right. wrote the movie for of Duel, which when I was a kid you could not pull me away wasn't from the television the set, which is about a truck. Right, that was the Spielberg movie, wasn't it? It was. It was Spielberg's yeah, yeah, yeah. first professional directing gig, I believe, other than right. the Twilight Zone that he, he did. He wrote for, he did the first Night Stalker teleplay. Ah. Uh. The Night Strangler. He wrote the book, The Legend of Hell House, and the screenplay. Which, again, everybody knows I'm a huge Roddy McDowell fan, and that yep. was one of Roddy's best movies. Um, he's written Dracula stuff. He wrote the Trilogy of Terror. He gave us that little Zuni fetish doll that just went after Karen Black. He also gave us the Incredible Shrinking Man. And Woman. And Woman, that's and right. Woman. Uh, about the only thing we cannot give him big props for is he did help with the TV Martian Chronicles, but we will ignore that. No, we're that, totally what TV that. Martian Chronicles? There's no exactly. such thing. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. But he also wrote the novel What Dreams May Come, which turned into a Robin oh, Williams movie. Yes. That is, will... is that the one about the baseball? No. No, 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 no. This is the one That's about... Field of Dreams. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> wow. That was a bad one to get mixed up. Nice, nice yes. random move there. came out right after, I have to admit, my father passed away, and poor X took me, because I really wanted to see the movie. I think I, I it, the movie's like two and a half hours long, and I think I cried through two hours and 15 minutes of it. He did not know what to do. And Illustrator I'm like, X, you're a patient man. Yes. I the, He was writing... For television and movies until just two years ago. Two years ago, yeah. Yeah. Eighty different pieces of fiction, mostly science fiction and horror. One of the most prolific writers that and not to mention his his son is also very talented, Rich and Chris, Richard Christian Matheson. Yeah, he donated but, genetic material to that guy. Exactly. Yes. But, writer in his own right, kind of like Joe Hill with Stephen King, you know? Great writers. Well, in interestingly, book. though... Yeah, mediocre Matheson, writers. Matheson, oh, did yeah, I right. say that out loud? <laughs> Matheson is one of Stephen King's favorite writers. Which oh, I thought was yes. interesting. The only thing that upset me was when NPR was talking about it. They uh, went to, to talk... They said, you know, he's done all this amazing work, and he wrote some of the most terrifying things that have ever been on television. And the first thing that you heard was Shatner screaming. Of course. Which I didn't think was that frightening, personally. But... <laughs> no, it's kind of ridiculous. Because William Shatner is kind of a bad actor. And not very, and it frightening, but for all the wrong yes. reasons. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Have you ever seen Shit My Dad Says? Yes. Yeah. 
That, that was a TV show based on a Twitter. Yes. That William Shatner did. Meanwhile, Leonard Nimoy did Fringe. That's right. There's a difference fringe? there. Shit my dad said. I mean, like, I'm not the biggest fan of Fringe, but, you know, you gotta... Yeah. So. So, anyhow, Mr. Matheson, you will be missed. Uh, what you've written is going to live on for an awfully long time. Yes. At and least two more years. Long. Yeah, right. <laughs> at least. Yeah, at least. Uh, so, anyhow, you want to know why Marvel wants to talk to Vin Diesel. Why wouldn't they want to talk to Vin Diesel? I... Well, that, actually, they don't. Oh. Uh, I'll but, talk to you, Vin Diesel. But here's here's the idea. Uh, Vin Diesel tweeted the other day, Marvel has requested a meeting, no idea what for, ha ha. Um, Vin Diesel, are you be trolling? No, what he's doing is he, he's actually lobbying for a part in the Avengers 2. <laughs> this should happen, basically. Just saying. That... Oh, would anybody like to know who wants to be in Superman, Man of Steel, too? Nobody. No. No, no. Oh, yeah. I, I'm, still, I'm still on Vin Diesel because wait, wait I just looked Let's... up his IMDb and realized that they're making a Fast and the Furious 7? Yeah, they are. Because why? <laughs> because... Like... One through six made crap tons of money. That's why. Wait, I, I, I have to correct you guys. Somebody does want to be in Man of Steel 2. Oh, okay, wait a minute. Before you go there. But he probably uh -huh. sucks. Shut up, shut up. <laughs> Before you go there, here's what he's trolling for. He wants the part of Thanos. Oh, I'd give it to Vin Diesel in a heartbeat. That sounds good to me. I would prefer somebody who could act. He's got the he's voice actually not Thanos. that bad. Okay, wait a minute, wait a minute. Just put aside for a fact for a minute that it's Vin Diesel. Have you ever actually seen one of his films? Yeah. He's not that bad. He is certainly he not bad. the worst thing of, about no. any of his films. No, yeah. I think he'd make a good Thanos because of that voice of his. Yeah, that, yeah, maybe. But I mean, that's, I mean, he's just doing this the wrong way. Well, that may be true, but but like I said, like Vin Diesel, you know, like him or or don't, but like he is he's certainly not the worst thing about the Fast and the Furious series. I mean, I, I think we can all you know, agree the that there were much worse things about the Chronicles of Riddick than its casting. He was <laughs> He was. He was. And he was also in apparently saving Private Ryan. Oh, he was. That's right. Small role. That's correct. So, yeah. so you Dead know, you know, he's Vin Diesel, but give give him his due. All right. He might be okay for that role. And so anyhow, it's Joss, so you know the writing will be good. Well, hopefully, yeah. I mean, you do know the writing will be good, which is why he may not make it, but that's fine. Well, he probably won't, but I I'm rooting for you, Vin Diesel. So, Man of Steel two. Somebody actually wants to be in that movie. Electric yeah, Boogaloo. <laughs> I put a moratorium on that, and now I'm doing it. I You're doing it. I love I that. can't even help it anymore. Like, I hate it, but I just think it anyway. Adam Steele, too. Um, Adam Baldwin. No. Vin Diesel. Adam Bush. No. George W. Bush? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Who? No. Good guess, though. Bill Don't. Clinton? <laughs> <laughs> that would be amazing. 
<laughs> that would be amazing. No. Okay. Michael so... Rosenbaum, who played Lex Luthor in Smallville, thinks he should be in Man of Steel 2. Um, first of all, there should be no Man of Steel 2. Second of all, there should have been no Man of Steel 1. Third of all, what are you thinking, you silly little man? <laughs> I think he wants a job is probably what he's thinking. That's, that's probably true. And fourth of all, anybody who was in Smallville, not relevant. no right to ask for anything. Not yeah. relevant. I'm sorry. Oh, except for that one guy who is... What guy? Oh, you know, who, who then came over to Arrow and I really liked him. Oh, God, what was his name? He's the assassin guy. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That one guy. He's he's Irrelevant. good. However, however, I will say Mr. Rosenbaum is also the voice of the Flash on the um oh, the animated series. Oh, really? As uh Legion um not Legion of Superheroes. Um the one with Batman, Superman, Wonder Woman and Flash uh now my brain just went on hold. But he is the voice of the Flash, and he is pretty good as the voice of the Flash. I'll give him that one. But his Lex Luthor, as we said, there were so many times when he would be yelling at Clark, and they're standing there. We would just say, kiss him! Just kiss him already! <laughs> oh, my. <laughs> uh. <laughs> so, so I'm looking for that guy's name, and I don't, I don't even remember the character's name, honestly. And I, I, I'm just laughing at the name Diggle. <laughs> Diggle. Andy Diggle? <laughs> John Diggle. <laughs> sorry. So Summit Entertainment, I'm which not that is sorry, putting actually. out Ender's Game, you shouldn't be. Mm, nope. uh, as their next big franchise is ready to do the push from hell at San Diego Comic-Con, which actually is no longer a Comic-Con, but more now a, a Hollywood whoop-de-doo more than anything else. And conspicuously absent will be controversial author Orson Scott Card. Well, you know why? It's because they learned their lesson from what's going on with Paula Dean right now. <laughs> you know, if the world can turn against the deep-fried southern lady who just lacks a whole stick of butter and everything, then um, <clears throat> really Orson Scott Card stands no chance. Yeah, it's... Because, uh... I mean, can you find a sweeter racist anywhere in the world? I <laughs> dare you to try. I dare you to try. Oh, see, no, we're not going there, okay? Oh, oh we... we've, we've been there and back again. We're like the freaking hobbit. Okay, we're not going there. <laughs> I'm not dealing with Paula Dean tonight. I'm, I'm sorry, I, I shouldn't have said sweeter. I should have said butterier. Butterier. <laughs> <laughs> Oh but it, it seems it seems kind of sad that they pinned their hopes on this guy and he shot himself so magnificently in front of everyone with his publicly anti-gay views. Speaking uh, of, thank you, Supreme Court. S since can we're I go off on political? a tangent since we're talking about people in their Please. You know, tangent. kind of ways? Tangent go for away. it. Um, can you explain to me why Jim Carrey in March Probably was all not. against gun you can violence? Stop right there. <laughs> no, 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 no. I don't want to stop right there. Okay, go on. <laughs> can you explain to me why Jim Carrey in March was all against gun violence, made a video, bashed on Charlton Heston, and then does this movie, Kick Ass 2, which I'm so looking forward to because I really like the first one, 
you know, and the book is awesome. Anyways, um, and now he's, you know, not backing this movie that he starred in. I'm sure he, I'm sure he made a fat paycheck, you know, because his oh, name sure. alone just says, pay me. And because you know, he's it, married to Jenny McCarthy and no, there, there's a lot of cognitive dissonance in that household. Not, not anymore. He's not. Oh, he's not actually. No, they've been, they've been apart for about a year. Oh, my bad. It, it Sorry, I don't the, keep was, up with these things. It was yeah. right at the point when she figured out that injections for her child did not cause the Asperger's. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, hello. Welcome to reality. <laughs> so anyways, so anyways, so he's trying to, you know, and mind you, Sandy Hook was a very bad day. I will tell it to anybody, it was a very, very bad day, a very sad day. Absolutely. You know, and I pray for those families, and I wish them all the best in dealing with this. But for him to use that as an excuse. You right, know, I mean, he Major read dick move. <laughs> he, did, he did the book. He there's absolutely no reason for him to now go, yeah, I did that, but I didn't really mean it, and it's a bad idea. Give your paycheck to the people at Sandy Hook. Throw $12 million at them. Then maybe they I'll... They will be impressed. Exactly, yeah. exactly. Totally unimpressed with them at this point. You're absolutely right. It's just kind of really, really sad. Well, it just really, you know, when I heard that on the news the other day, you know, it really blew my mind. Cause I knew he was going to be in the movie. You know, and you know, I really like Jim Carrey. Well, not so much anymore after that. But <laughs> you know, I started watching Jim Carrey when he was on In Living Color yep. as Fire Marshal right. Bill. Yep. You know, God, I've been a fan amazing. of his work since. Jim, you know, and there's a lot Carrey. of people that don't. There's a lot of people that don't get his body of work or get him. You know, but I do, and I really like his work. You know, I've seen just about everything that he's in, and then to pull this stupid move. You know, any good actor, you know, is going to research their role so they know what they're getting into. So I'm sure that he researched, you know, Colonel Stars and Stripes and saw yeah. what kind of character he is, saw what kind of book it is, and then to pull this move, that's just very disappointing. And it really makes me not want to support him anymore because of this stupid little outcry that he's doing. Well, the thing that has always annoyed me, and I and I guess it's uh, part and parcel of what Hollywood does to us, is we assume that because people uh, brilliantly perform on on a stage or or in a film or on television, that they actually, without a script in their hand, can make sense. False. <laughs> and it's a false move. It really is. Some of them can. I mean, can't. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean. I've I've met some very wonderful people who do that, and I've met some people who you just sit there aghast at the fact that they can breathe on their own. <laughs> <laughs> so, Kriana, yes. uh, I, want, I, want, I want to move to something that you brought to the table tonight. Yes. Uh, something to do with science fiction and ebooks. Yes. Um. So, Io Nine had a little bit of an interesting post, um, where they detail how. The rise of ebooks as a medium has been a net boon on science fiction publishing. 
And if you think about it, it kind of makes sense. You sort of think about people who like science fiction as being kind of geeky, and, and you know, at least half of those people who are kind of geeky, you know, the younger half are technologically savvy usually. And then, uh, <laughs> and then um, <clears throat> th those would be the early adopters for the um, the the ebook technologies like your Kindles or your iPads, and then therefore they would be the the people buying books, and their demand is situated in the science fiction fantasy genre category, and it's sort of creating a boom in, in publishing. Well, the other thing that it's done, I think, is for all of these publishers that were unable to find a voice via traditional publishing models, thanks to places like uh, Amazon and actually even uh, very small publishing, ebook publishing companies now can find a voice at, that doesn't require an incredible amount of money on the part of somebody just to make it happen. Yeah, I mean, some some authors are figuring that out. Some more than others. Tracy Hickman. Um, <laughs> love you, Tracy. We love you a lot, Tracy. <laughs> <laughs> he knows how much we love him. Um, but but there there's certainly this is the time for experimentation. This is the time for innovation. This is the time where you know fan fiction in the, seen by the right person in the right venue can land you a traditional publishing contract. This is a time when good, good literature, when it's distributed widely enough, can earn someone an actual living. Um, and I think yeah. I think we're going to see quite a bit of innovation in this space. I think that um, book publishers are doing loads of different things. Now, actually, can, can I talk about something I saw the other day that, that deeply disturbs me? Uh, regarding oh ebook publishing, there okay. was proposed a DRM, and I'm not going to find anything to link to this because it's just disgusting and people will throw things at their monitors. Oh, it was proposed, so, okay, so you know how sometimes you get something and there's like a watermark in it, so if it leaks, they know who it came from. Right. This proposed that for ebooks, they would have a smart program go through the ebook and ready for this change some words what because because you know they'd be like equivalent words it doesn't really matter which word it is right oh my god are you having an aneurysm yet yeah i pretty much because i'm very dead oh. i i heard her yelling all the way from bu to revere <laughs> when i sent her that link she she the, could the, not believe it the whole concept of digital rights management is just foolish Number one, and number two, the other types of watermarks didn't detract from the original work. This is substantially, especially since it's, it's not even a person. It's a freaking program. Right. Like, oh. come the fuck on, people. That's crazy. That's That, that deserved well, a cuss word right there. What, what will happen, <laughs> yeah, it pretty much did. What will happen is what happens with every proponent of every concept of digital rights management that's that's come and gone to this point, which is they will realize, God, I'm being stupid with this. And it will eventually end because it will cost more than it's worth. Well, not to mention, or, or it will get backlash. <clears throat> <Yeah>. Microsoft. <laughs> um, 
<laughs> which brings us to the half point in the show at which we turn to the dead redhead and go, dead redhead. Yes. Somebody saw our poll this week, didn't they? We had some voters this week. Yay. <laughs> Would you care to tell us about it or we're going to have to guess? Sure. No, oh. no, no, no. Oh, I was all ready to guess. <laughs> In light of this new uh, piece of Superman, whatever you want to call it, that came out. Um, we decided to ask people what their favorite Superman movie was so far. So, what we have is we do have a tie for third. And I found this to be... The tie we have for third is very interesting. <laughs> oh, I agree with you on this one. It's, it's possibly um, my favorite tie. One of our ties for third is the movie Hollywoodland, which I kind of added as a joke, but if anybody had seen it, it's actually the story of George Reeves and his reported, was it a suicide or a murder? And, of course, George Reeves was the original, well, one of the original Superman movies. No, the second movies. Superman. First and one, the TV and show. Serials. That's right. Uh, in the 40s, and then he was in the TV show in the late 50s. Absolutely. Um, it's a very good movie with Ben Affleck, and um, people seem to like that answer, though. So that tied with the answer, none of them. No. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, I did that. <laughs> and, Kriana, I joined you on it. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I take full responsibility. <laughs> now, coming in at number two actually was Superman the Man of Steel so yeah. I guess people did like the new one so I guess I have to shut up and <laughs> no, no no they, they have copy taste <laughs> but coming in at number one was Superman the movie the original with Christopher Reeve and I think that's kind of appropriate so nah Aww. I think it's appropriate in that they should have just left it there. For God's sake, they should have just left it there. And, you know, I'll even take Superman 2, but once we got into 3 and 4 with the... Quest for Peace? Come on. <laughs> it was my term for it. Constructivision. That wasn't supposed to be there, and Superman never had that power. Okay. Uh, so, we will try to get something up. Um... We may wait till the week after, though, because it's a, a, a holiday weekend coming up. So, Is it? Give you a longer time, or we'll come up with something more clever and only give you a shorter time. I don't know. We're not very good at clever lately. Yeah. <laughs> but that's us. It has nothing to do with our listeners at this point. Which brings us to the unclever portion of the show in which we talk to somebody far more clever than us. In this case, Michael Keller, who's the assistant director of the Inkwell Awards, along with having dozens of other titles. Included. Or as I like to call him, Inkatron 2.0. Oh, okay. Kriana, you're cut off. Oh, no, I'm not. No, she's got a bunch more. Trust me on this one. Oh, Michael, no. welcome back to the show. Thank you. Thank you. Okay, first of all, big props to Bob Allman, big props to you guys, the Inkwell Awards. Let's first talk about and and Kriana kind of did a little bit at the beginning. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Because she's a fan of the ink. I, I what can I say? There's just something about the smell of ink on fresh paper. It's dead <laughs> sexy. Getting high on that again. Um, she maybe. 
So Mike, Michael, shut up! Talk- I can quit anytime I want. All right, that's enough. <laughs> Michael, talk to us about the Inkwell Awards, what they do, and why they're important. Well, the Inkwell Awards was created by Bob Allman. Um, it was created to educate the public on the importance of inking. You know, as most people know, you know, comics were originally drawn in pencil. But they found out that, you know, comic books cannot be, you know, reproduced on the print machine with just a pencil because it wasn't dark enough. So they came up with this idea to implement inking so they could reproduce comics. So the Inkwell Awards, you know, we solely exist to educate the public, to be a voice for the inkers. Um, so how how long have the Equal Awards been around? The uh, Equal Awards was started in January of 2008. So they've been around for about five years now. Yes, yeah, five and, years. And over that period of time, you've developed a certain number of categories for the Equal Awards. Yes, we've developed quite a few categories. Um, one of the categories that we have is the Dave Simons Inkwell Memorial Scholarship Fund. Dave Simons was one of the core committee members um, who passed away in June of 2009. Um, you know, God rest his soul. He was a very talented man. We uh, tried to give back to the Joe Kubert School of Cartoon and Graphic Art to one of the deserving art students there every year with a small donation in Dave Simon's name. We also have the Joe Sennett Inking Hall of Fame, which I will cover later on when I talk about the winners of this year's Inkwell Awards and their different categories that they won in. We also have, well, we have quite a few. We have the Justin and Inking Challenge, which that is a book that we do every year. And you know, Justin himself does a pencil sketch, and we you know, offer it to various inkers so they can ink it in their style, their way, to show just you know exactly what I said earlier how to educate the public in what the inker's job is and why inking is important and what the inker brings to the table when they work over somebody else's pencils. Now, one one of the things for the uh, scholarship fund is they have one core piece of work and then different inkers do what they do best with it. Yes, that would be with the Senate pencils, the Joe Senate pencils. Right. Um, for the Senate challenge, you know, we auction that off on eBay to help raise funds for the scholarship to the Kubert School. Um, we also, you know, accept donations from artists from various conventions. Um, we take those you know, pieces of artwork, be it a print an original drawing, a blank cover sketch, a sketch card, you know, anything that they would like to donate to the Inkwell Awards, we then auction that off on eBay as well, which is one of my other jobs that I do with the Inkwell Awards, and you know, help raise funds. 
everybody that works in the Equal Awards does not get paid. We all do this on our own, our spare time, to run this organization. You know, it's a nonprofit organization, obviously. And you know, like I said, you know, nobody gets paid. All the money that is earned through the Equal Awards goes back into keeping the organization up and running. The thing that I found most interesting, and that I guess because uh, I am not as well-versed as I should be in the whole process, is how different inkers can really change the way that base picture looks. Really, it, their style really imposes a whole different feel on that, that one picture. That's why inkers are fucking awesome. <laughs> yes, this is true. Um, there have been many, many inkers that have, you know, helped change a pencil style, you know, to make it their own. And inkers, you know, they need to be artists first. You know, and the reason why I say that is because we don't want to do like Kevin Smith made so famous in the movie Chasing Amy, be a tracer. We don't want to take somebody's pencils and just trace what's there because that's not inking. Inking is not about tracing. Inking is a whole other form of art. It's a form of, you know, creating something from something else, if that makes any sense. It totally makes sense. Michael, can I put you on the spot for a minute? Uh, Sure. I noticed, so I, I'm looking through, I'm perusing the list of winners and nominees here on the InkwellAwards.com website, and I have to notice here, as a geeky female myself, there is exactly one female nominee out of, out of maybe, I, I mean, some of these are repeats, I want to say there's at least 30 people here, there's, there's one, one female inker. That's that's even nominated. Are I, you talking about Valerie Smith? I am. She is. <laughs> Why am I just assuming that's a female? Yes, that is a female. Yes, oh, okay, good, correct. good. Just checking. I mean, like, not judging, but no, we've been there before. You know, <laughs> yeah, that was a male. It just proves my point further. I think that this is like ninety-nine percent male right now. So. I'm looking at you, Kim. Do, do you think that's because there aren't a lot of women inking? Do you think that's because um, it, that that they're discriminated against, or or they're just not being nominated as much? Okay, you or, put me on the spot. I told so. you I was gonna. I'm sorry. Okay, all right. You don't well, you don't actually, have to answer that. No, 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 no. That's fine. That's fine. I'll answer it. I'll answer it. Um, yeah, Valerie Smith. She was nominated because she was one of the few female inkers in the golden age of comics. So she was actually nominated um, in the Joe Sennett Hall of Fame Award. Um, unfortunately, she was beat out by two other people. You know, we'll discuss that in a minute, too. Um, I do not believe that female inkers are discriminated against. You know, Well, I mean, they certainly I, were when Violet was working, right? Well, yes, yes. Because I mean, there's a reason there's only one female inker in that whole list of people for 25 years of experience, right? No, but you, well, I, let's start I think with the first things... question. Let's start with the first one, though. Are there a lot of female inkers? You don't see uh, their names up very much, Michael. Are, are there many? Wait, 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 there's a there's a bigger question than that, and that is, 
are there a lot of females in the comic industry at all? Yes, now. Yeah, there. I mean, you go through and you see a lot of, a lot of women who are sketching, a lot of women who are like doing web comics and things. I mean, not. I mean, there, there's got to be more females now in comics, at least, than there were in, ever before. Probably. Ever before. So, so now my question is then why. Why is there only one who's even nominated here? I mean, there, there's quite a few people who've been nominated a bunch of times, and, and there's quite a few nominees for each category. You'd think there'd be one other woman, at least here somewhere, especially nowadays, not necessarily for the Hall of Fame Awards. In fact, I was shocked to find one there. Well, the reason why I think that is, and this is just my personal opinion, I may be wrong, you know, but the reason why I think that is is because comic books is still a male-dominated job. I guess you could put it that yeah. way. Yeah, I would um, tend to agree with you on that. And the reason why I think that is is because if you look at the majority of the books that are out, you know, there are a lot of female characters, and you know, females sell, especially you know the sexy ones. You know. Um, and males are more drawn to wanting to draw female characters. You know, yeah, they want to draw the muscle guys because they look cool and they fight good. And but they do the same thing with females that still make them feminine. So. Well, I think there are women out there who like drawing sexy ladies too. So. I, I don't think the question is, are women being discriminated against? I think it's how much are they being discriminated against now versus 25 years ago. And I think, in my opinion, the answer for this facet of the industry is actually quite a bit, perhaps. You know, well, there aren't so. a lot of inkers, that's true. But, I mean, it's just shocking how underrepresented they are. I mean, like... Well, uh, so here's here's my proposition. I want to turn this I want to turn this around. I think that um I want to work with you guys and I I want to start a new maybe awards category or a scholarship. And I want it to be the award for outstanding women in inking. Okay. Um we have I to know, talk to Bob, Bob about you are that. on notice. Yeah. I would like a new category. <laughs> well, I, I'm sure that he will be listening uh, I know, to this I podcast, bet he's listening right now, and he's, like, dialing his phone, and I'm going to get a phone call going, any second now. Oh, my God. You know but, Bob, you are on call. notice. I would I request formally a new category in the Inkwell Awards for outstanding, Best Outstanding Woman Inker of the Year. Well, Kriana, look at it this way. Seriously. We've seen an, a resurgence of female artists yeah in, in the past five years Womanthology. well absolutely Womanthology and I, i'm thinking I, well, my point is this that in the comic industry itself not not the art industry but the comic industry there hasn't been that much of a resurgence yet maybe well, well that's why i'm saying maybe we should get these people like womanthology on board with us and turn this into like a woman inking scholarship and give and maybe maybe find some places who actually have money and would be willing to sponsor a budding young female inker to go to inking school at the Joe Kubert <coughs> school, right? What? 
Cubert? I don't know that you go to inking well, school. <laughs> well, it's a course. It's I, I mean, like, you, you gotta learn somewhere, right? right? So, That's right. I, I yeah, mean, like, right. they, they need support. And I love the Inkwell yep. Awards. I love inkers. And I want to support budding female inkers. That sounded wrong. Yeah, that, that works for me. Wrong. No, that... No, it didn't. So let's let's talk about this year's winners. This year's winners for the Inkwell Awards. We have five categories. Well, actually, we have six. The sixth category is the Hall of Fame Awards. So for this year's winners, um, in our favorite Inker Award category, this person has worked on Captain America, Amazing Spider-Man, and it would be Klaus Janssen, who in his own right is a very well-respected artist, period. You know, and the ink artist, he's just a phenomenal ink Not artist. Not a tracer, God you damn know, it. So <laughs> exactly, That's right. Exactly. Um, so he is very deserving of his favorite inker award this year. Most adaptable award. Uh-oh, did we lose him again? Oh, okay, no, no, sorry. No, 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 no. I'm, I'm, Ooh, I was like, Skype! Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Don't be yelling. Come on. For, sorry. For most, for most adaptable award this year, this individual has worked on titles as Batman. Yes, awesome work. Aquaman. Mm. I don't read the book. I can't really say. Justice League of America. Yes, awesome work. Is Jonathan You Gillespie. can't really judge him too harshly Great. for working on Aquaman. I mean... It's not his fault that he has lame powers, right? It's probably really good inking. <laughs> well, just all the way around, Jonathan Galapian is a really good inker, and he's very adaptable to people's styles. You know, and I actually had a chance at Heroes Con this year to chat with him for a little bit. You know, not anything in specific, just you know whatever came to mind. And he is a very nice person. First time I've ever met him in person. You know, I've liked his work for many, many years, you know, and I've watched him grow as an inker, and he just gets better and better every year, in my personal opinion. Awesome. For, yes, awesome, very awesome. For our Hall of Fame Awards, the Joe Sennett Hall of Fame Awards, we have two winners this year, and the first one is Dick Ayers. Dick Ayers, he has a body of work that's just phenomenal. Mm-hmm. You know, there's you, you can almost name any book, you know, that he's worked on that just stands out. Um, while I'm in the Joe Sennett Hall of Fame Awards, it's like I'm going to go ahead and it's like state the other. Like winner, because I would like to read the Joe Sennett statement that he sent about the two winners. Um, the other winner is Murphy Anderson. Again, another body of phenomenal work. They're both just outstanding inkers. I mean, just look at the books that they've worked on in the past. You know, when they were coming up, when they were, you know, young buds in the industry, all the way till they retired. Just they were they set the standard 
you know, Joe Sennett himself set the standard. You know, Joe Sennett, in my personal opinion, you know, he made the Fantastic Four as famous or if not more famous than Jack Kirby did. You know, the two of them together. It's saying quite a lot. Yes, it is. The two of them together, you know, were just a pencil ink team that was untouchable. And still to this day, in my personal opinion, are still untouchable. The only pencil ink team that comes close to them, maybe, would be maybe Jim Lee and Scott Williams or Chris Belancho and Tim Townsend. That's my personal opinion. People may disagree with me. That's fine. But on that note, Joe Sennett did send a statement regarding this year's winners. And what he had to say is, I couldn't be happier that two of my old friends are the recipients of the Joe Sennett Hall of Fame Award for 2013. Dick Ayers and I go all the way back to the fun times at Timely Comics in the 1950s. We penciled and inked our own stories. Dick was famous for his westerns, ghostwriter, etc., which I felt was some of his best work during that period. The 50s was also in the, in the western genre, Arrowhead being my favorite. Dick did a great job in the 60s and during the superhero period over many Kirby pages. A great friend, artist, and person. I couldn't be happier for you, Dick. Also, although he worked mainly at DC, I was always a big admirer of Murphy Anderson's work. I always felt we had a lot in common. We were born in the same year, 1926. I believe we were both conservative guys, and our pencil and inking styles were similar. A great penciler himself, he inked some of the great artists at DC, such as Swan, Infantino, and others, as I did at Marvel with Kirby, Colin, and Basuma. I know I said that wrong. Oh, it's no worse than Dome is every single day. No, but <laughs> Again, congratulations to both of you. You sure have added more class and talent to an already elite group in our outstanding Hall of Fame. Joe Sennett, class of 2008. Very cool. Awesome. Very nice stuff. Yes. Joe Sennett is a very nice person. I haven't met him personally. I would like to. You know, I would like to just shake the man's hand and thank him for what he's done in the name of inkers, in the name of comic books, in the name of art, period. Um, and I hope to one day be able to do that. Okay, the last two categories, well, I'm sorry, last three categories winners for the Props Award, first time being nominated, this award recipient was This award recipient of the Props Award beat out Scott Hanna. Scott Hanna is a very nice person, fantastic ink artist. Scott Hanna is the reason why I personally got into inking because of Robin Number 1 in 1993. I've met Scott Hanna on several occasions. Great conversations every time. Props Award winner for this year, 
Eva Ferreira on works such as Nightwing, Aquaman, Detective Comics, Superman, and Stormwatch. Fantastic work. If you haven't seen his work or don't know his work, I highly suggest that you take a look at it. Very well laid, clean work, nice stuff. Aquaman is popular this year. Even though he has no real power. Yeah, like, seriously, what sort of lame powers? Aquaman, I mean, like, it's been done to death. I don't even need to say anything, because you just say Aquaman, and you think, lame. Sorry, I'm more of a (laughs) Submariner fan, but... (laughs) He talks fish, that's all that matters. But, congratulations to, I mean, there must be some amazing art on on that book for all these awards to be out there. Absolutely. Yes. The next category is the Spammy Award, and that is the Small Press and Mainstream Independent for ink work on non-DC or Marvel titles. The winner of this award has worked on titles such as G.I. Joe, Dungeons and Dragons, and Forgotten Realms. This winner is a longtime inker, again, another fantastic ink artist, Everybody that won this year and every year are just all fantastic ink artists. Um, Sal Basuma. Bushima, yep. Yep, okay. I'm, yep. I always say it wrong. It's all um, right. It's a hard one. <laughs> like I said, no worse than the dome every single day. Oh. Yeah. yeah. It's true. Absolutely true. It is. But he was. He was the winner for the Spammy Award this year. In our last category, this is a gentleman that he's pretty much done it all. He's done babies for Marvel. He's done Dorothy um, in The Wizard of Oz. He's done The Road to Oz. He's just an all-around funny person, very nice guy, would be Scotty Young of the All-in-One Award this year. I feel like I've met him. I think we have. He's been around, yes. He's been a lot of the... He's been in Boston before. I probably have, yeah. Yes, he's a very (laughs) nice guy. Um, At this year's award ceremony at Heroes Con, we were able to have two recipients there. Excuse me, I have to cough. (coughs) We were able to have two... A recipient at the ceremony this year. We would have liked to have them all, you know, but due to other obligations, um, unforeseen circumstances, we were unable to have everybody there. But as I stated, we had two, and that was Scotty Young and Jonathan Galapian. Um, like I said, you know, both guys, very nice. You know, I did have the pleasure of sitting next to Jonathan Galapian at Heroes Con when we we were set up in Artist Alley. So like I said, I did have a chance to talk to him, you know, a little more than, you know, I probably should have. Um, But he's a very nice guy, very humble, you know. And there's quite a few ink artists that I have met personally that are very humble. You know, the list goes on and on and on. But I'm not going to go there with that. That's this year's... Um, it's like equal awards winners. Let's give them a round of applause. Ooh, yeah, inkers. Um, Exciting. So. so, 
We've been through the Inkwell Awards. Okay. Now, the burning question is, what are you working on right now? <laughs> I am currently working on a book for Fourth Wall Productions. The company creator and writer are from Durham, North Carolina. The name of the book that I'm currently working on as the ink artist is called The Ace Blade. It's a very uh, unique book. Um, and when I say unique, it has a bit of a, a different story to it than one would think. And if you'll give me just one second, I will pull, pull up the synopsis that I got from the writer today. Awesome. Hey, we found an exclusive. Here we go. <laughs> we tapped you our heard exclusives. It here first. Okay. Um, the synopsis for the Ace Blade is the Ace Blade is a story about a man who becomes a hero with no powers or independent wealth. Terrell Durham becomes Ace Blade out of necessity. Basically, Vegas City, remember that, Vegas City, not Las Vegas, but Vegas City, is destroying its people with greed and violence. Ace Blade helps the people of his city fight back. That was the synopsis that I was given today from the writer. Very, inter very interesting story. Um, the script is and, and who's writing it? Who's writing it, Mike? The writer is Danny J. Quick. Now, question. So I'm, I'm looking at this yes. promotional um, poster, is it, that, that you gave us to look at? Yes. The penalty, How did you yes. decide to make the Ace Blade the Ace of Spades? That would be a question oh, for the creator. Man. I don't have that. I just did the ink work on it. Um, basically, I think that he went with the Ace of Spades because it's more more of a catchy, you know, title: Ace Blade, Ace of Spades. You know, I don't think, you know, heart yeah, blade I don't, I don't, or diamond I don't blade. think the heart would have worked. Yeah, I don't, it's just not really yeah, a message you think, want to send. Probably right, not. right, right, right. You um, might be a fan of Lemmy's. But uh, the creator's name is Christoph Hollers. And I had the opportunity to meet Christoph a couple of years ago. Uh, my first time setting up a Heroes Con. And he set up with me just on the corner of a table. He used to, but not anymore, make custom rings based on various comic book properties. He no longer does that. What he now does is the Ace Blade. He created the character. He created the concept. He came up with the costume that you're looking at. And... Danny J. Quick is a very close friend of his, and Danny J. Quick wanted to get his feet wet in writing comic books. So Kristoff gave him the opportunity to do so, and I've met Danny J. Quick. He's a very nice person as well. They've both become very good friends of mine, and Danny has put a lot 
and I, when I say a lot of time and effort into this character, he has probably been working on the story for this book for about two years, um, which I don't know the standard when it comes to comic book writing because I'm not a writer. I'm an ink artist. Awesome. <laughs> well, it looks like a really cool um, book. I found your Facebook page, and I have it linked in our post for those listeners who are interested in following it and liking it. Um, is, is, is there any other Absolutely. website or anything that I should be able to find for the Ace Blade and include for our listeners' perusal? Yes, let me give you that... Uh... Let me give you that right quick. <clears throat> it looks like a really cool book. Uh, it is. It is. It is a very cool book. The artwork is fantastic. The pencil art is actually being drawn by Vaughn Remont, and he lives in the Philippines. Oh. Um, so it's an international book. You could say that, yes. I yes. like how our listeners can now hear us all typing furiously. Surprise! Did we, did, we get my, uh, did we get my link to my Got website it. that I sent? Yes, yep. we did. Got it. Okay. That is my personal website. It is michaelwkellerinks.com. Um, you got it. There is, uh, there's ink work there. My first published work. There's some of it up there, not all of it, and that would be Sky Pirates of Valandor in 2007. Oh, no, we hate them, and by hate, we mean love them, Squishy Everett. <laughs> love you. Squeeze. Absolutely. Um, that was actually my first, just to give you a quick, yeah, excuse that. I don't know where that came from. Just to give you a quick rundown of my inking history, um... I got out, of the, got out of the United States Navy in 1993, wanted to be an artist, went to a t-shirt shop to try to get work. Uh, a guy told me he didn't have anything for me, but he saw my you know, artwork, turned me on to an online comic book company, Gravity Well Productions, and I met with Phil Roberts, did some ink work for them for a very long time, from 1993 Steadily until 98, then I started having a family, kind of dropped off a little bit, you know, would do stuff periodically here and there um, until 2004 when I moved from California to Pennsylvania, didn't do any ink work. In 2006, I moved from Pennsylvania to North Carolina decided I wanted to get back into creating art. Because inking rules. Yeah. It does, it does. And I had always thought about it ever since I had stopped doing it and wanted to do it. You know, wanted to ink, that is. You know, everybody gets your mind out of the gutter. <laughs> um, so anyways, wanted to ink. So in 2006, I decided to pick up a tech pen and start trying to do some ink work. Um... The previous years with the Gravity Well Productions company, I was using Croquills on vellum over pencils. 
if anybody knows wow. what that is. I'm, 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 I'm like, I can't see it, but I'm like drooling right now. <laughs> like you said vellum, and I was like, wow. Yes, I was using Croquills on vellum over pencil. I'm like in my happy place right now. Just, just keep going. <laughs> um, so then when I decided to get back into inking in 2006, I picked up a set of Micron pens, and that's what I started using. Mm-hmm. And had never used a brush ever in my entire, you know, short-lived career of inking. It had always been Croquills and then at that time Tech Pens. <clears throat> in 2008, yes, no, 2009, I have to get my years correct here, in 2009, when I went to Heroes Con in Charlotte, North Carolina, and had been going there since 2007, 2009 I went and I walked around my portfolio and I thought that I really had it going on and you know I thought that I had improved quite a bit, had worked on Sky Pirates of Valendor in 2007, you know, thought that I was just ready to show my portfolio, and I got a lot of comments told to me that really made me rethink what I was they're, doing. They're jealous of your inking prowess. Well, <laughs> when you have people like Nathan Massengill telling you to leave the tech pins alone and use a brush. Oops. You know, <laughs> and, you know maybe you'll improve. You know, that really kind of like hits home, especially wanting to be an inker, wanting to work full time in comic books as an inker. Um, so that Saturday when I left, I came back to my girlfriend's house at the time, who's now my fiance, that will be my wife in May of this coming year. Um, yay, I'm getting married again. Um, <laughs> but um, so I took the rest of that Saturday to really think about what I had heard at Heroes Con. And I was like, you know what? I'm really going to try to improve. So Sunday I got up and, you know, my girlfriend set me up a little place in her living room that I could do my ink work because I would come over here on the weekends. And then I get a Facebook message from Rick Ketchum. I'm sure everybody knows who Rick Ketchum is. Um, fantastic inker, you know, very, uh, you know, he just absolutely loves inking. You know, he's probably the one person outside of Bob Almond that I have met that truly, absolutely just loves what he does. Um, so I got a Facebook message that Sunday morning, you know, once Heroes Con had, you know, got into full swing, and he asked me where I was set up because he wanted to see my portfolio. So I don't know what he had heard about me prior to that, so I drove back to Charlotte and went straight to Rick Ketchum, showed him my portfolio, and he told me the same thing Nathan Massengill did. Leave the tech pins alone and use a brush. I told Rick Ketchum I didn't know how to use a brush, that I was afraid to use a brush. Rick Ketchum took me under his wing. He is the man that taught me how to use a brush. And the rest... 
is history. <laughs> I would love to be able to talk more and more about this, and we never got to talk about. This. Oh no! So we're gonna yeah, have you, to come you're back. You're just gonna have to come back. Come back and talk Absolutely. about Absolutely. After after we get the follow up video to the one that I sent you at the beginning of the show. Oh my you god! You know what I'm talking about. Oh my god! Yes, I know what you're talking <laughs> about. Our guest tonight has been Michael Keller, the assistant director of the Inkwell Awards, otherwise known as DJ Inksalot. <laughs> Thank you so much for joining us on the show tonight. Kriana, I know you'd love to tell us who's going to be on the show for the next couple of months, but you well, don't have a clue. Um, I know we have no show next week. We have no so show. So everyone will just have to miss us. Sorry, go shoot off and... some fireworks and get drunk. That's all. <laughs> Well, I would just like to say, I would be just careful like to say, where you shoot those fireworks. I would just like to say thank you for having me. It has been a pleasure, and I will gladly come back anytime you would like me to come back. Oh, like I'm going to hold you to that. I love me some inkers. That's fine. So, That's Deb fine. Redhead, what have you got to tell us? What have I got to tell you? Well, I will tell you that Sci-Fi Saturday Night is the official podcast of Boston Comic-Con, Granicon, and ComicArthouse.com. Visit ComicArthouse.com for the best deals on original art from dozens of your favorite artists. Tonight's outro music provided by The Traffic Lights. Pick up their CD, Hold a Folk, at RobWattsOnline.com. Do For people who thought we couldn't talk about ink for an hour, you were yeah, wrong. Yeah, we get yeah. wrong. Scratch us. And we could talk about some... ink for two hours. We could talk about ink for three hours. We could talk about <laughs> this ink all is day true. long. And not cover it all. I want to thank our, our, our hosts tonight who have been host-like. From the Revere Time Vortex, the sweetheart of the soundboard, Triana. Thank you, when my I darling. When I die, I want to be reincarnated as a squid. From the Four Color <laughs> Vault of Comics. Thank you, Dead Redhead. Can I be your hostess, Cupcake? <laughs> you, can, you can be anything you want, Cupcake. This is Don't Saying Genie. Shared pain is lessened. Shared joy is increased. Thus do we all refute entropy. Good night, everybody. Good night. I know.